It's the Saints and the Ains. It's the Saints and the Ains. Daredevil Brado. It's the Saints and the Ains. If you keep opening our podcast like that, people gonna think it's the Saints and the Ains. This podcast is called the Saints and the Ains, and not Thirty Minutes with the Perrys. How are you? I'm doing good. How you doing? I didn't have a comeback for that because <laughs> I disagree. But I didn't have any language to talk about why I disagree. How, how's your day going? Uh, it was going good. I woke up with you and um, came here to record podcasts. Did so. you ever think that when you got married, it would get like old to sleep with the same person in the same bed every day? Like, what did you think that would be like to sleep in the same bed with the same person for the rest of your life? Well, the the first uh, the first year we were married, I was I was surprised that you slept with the window open in the winter time. I was like, wow. she's in her late twenties. Is she going to do menopause now? We're already. I just didn't starting with the disrespect. I just didn't get it. I was I thought she was trying to kill me. So I I, I thought, you know. Well, I still don't understand because it's April, right? I came in the house last week from Glory, and you had the fireplace on. That's what I don't understand is that it's springtime and you somehow still need fire. That, that doesn't that doesn't compute to me. So what you're not telling the people is because what, what I think wait, wait, you, wait, wait, need, wait. you need iron supplements. What you're not what you're not telling the people was it was cold last week and you left the window in our closet open and I didn't know. But this and is so where our room was freezing. This is where the tension is, is that the way you define cold is differently than the way I define cold. So you think 55, 56 deserves a fireplace so no the way it I just de- deserves the way i blanket. define cold is if it's if it's snowing outside it's, it's april the windows it shouldn't be open it's april but in chicago you used to have the windows open when it was snowing outside notice you didn't even answer my question hmm? deflecting that's what i know how to do best. <laughs> so while we're here <laughs> today we're going to talk about sex but more specifically um, some of the, I guess, messages around sex in marriage or and the messages we don't or should be receiving before marriage. Is that is that a correct way to say it? Yeah, the the unhealthy expectations I think our society and our culture kind of puts on people entering into marriage, making them think that, oh, my sex life is going to look like this or mm-hmm. it has to look like this. Or if I've done X, Y, Z, I should expect X, Y, Z in marriage. And Did, it just doesn't is, look like that. Is that your experience? I, I think it was my experience. I think um, nobody told me that uh, me being a young Christian man who was fleeing lust, like every woman not named wife was made of flames, Right, that is, I that, was, is that a poem? Yeah, yeah, got it. It was a poem. Because um, <laughs> you just you just busted out with it like it was just like a thing, right? Like that that when I entered into marriage, I had this idea that man, like my sex life sh- was should and it was going to look like how I how I wanted to look, to look like, right? And it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, I think. Um, I think if anything, I, I think I assumed the same thing because one, I didn't hear. I heard about sex and sexuality typically in two contexts, which is uh, sex is to be avoided mm-hmm. so that you you know you don't go to hell, or you can have sex in marriage and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like which is two extremes, mm-hmm. and so I think 
I avoided it, did all the things I could to be pure, quote unquote. And then when I got married and sex came with a bunch of baggage and work that I did not expect, it was just deeply discouraging, especially because if you don't hear people talking about uh, the nuance that sex and marriage can be, then you think that you're the only one with the problem. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, like that what is uniquely happening between you as a married couple ain't happening to everybody else but it is happening to everybody else they're just not talking about it yeah and what i think we're not trying to do we're not trying to paint the picture like everybody's going to have the same you know uh testimony entering into marriage but what i am saying is that i think that we should um give people different perspectives and prepare people for what they might experience entering into a marriage so they won't be distraught or highly disappointed when your sex life doesn't look like how you think it should look like immediately. <laughs> okay, so for the male species, what is the what are some of the most predominant assumptions about sex? So let's, here, let's, let's address So that. here's the thing. I'd be really wanting to help my brothers, you know what I'm saying, when I see them online because I think uh, I think purity culture in a lot of ways has affected a lot of people. And uh, what is purity culture? Purity culture is this is well, I don't want to I don't want to try to define purity culture and put it in a, in a box. So but let think, me do it for you. OK, yeah. Go. So purity culture was a moment in time, primarily within evangelical Christianity, where there was all this messaging and, and, and messaging and books like uh, from Joshua Harris, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Mm-hmm. But basically this messaging around staying pure for marriage. And so like they would have like, you know, purity balls where you go and dance with your dad and, and, and I guess commit to living a pure life and then you get like the purity ring which was a sign of your situation and like when this was happening this is like 90s primarily so that's why i think it it was a moment in time because we weren't necessarily christian nor in evangelical culture Mm -hmm. during that but i think the the problem one of the problems with purity culture is what it was kind of a version of a prosperity gospel which said if you are pure mm-hmm. then your marriage is going to be good and your sex life is going to be good out because you obey god all these years yeah. and that's just not a thing so yeah. go ahead and what, what i see now um a lot of the times is i see these i see these reels and i see these videos of dudes on social media um talking about what they want in a marriage and talking about when they come home what they what they want to expect and like they I, and I get it like we're not married we it's it's not all the way wrong to fantasize or to dream about the ideal marriage that that um that we want I think the problem comes in and I, I try to tell a couple of brothers this in person mm-hmm. I think the problem comes in it was when is when you speak about a woman that you haven't even met yet Okay. A complicated being, right? A complex individual mm-hmm. who probably God is going to connect you with or bring you together with who has her own set of problems, have her own trauma, has a, you know what I mean? And so, like, if you automatically think that your wife is just going, you know, um, out the gate, mm-hmm. you know, not come in the, the marriage with her own set of problems or, you know, whatever, like, you might set yourself up for failure Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of dudes when they get into marriage they'd be deeply disappointed but because yeah we're we're complex beings you know what's crazy though is that 
I think sometimes when people, primarily guys, when they, you know, fantasize about the ideal woman, I want her to, you know, rub my feet. I want her to have sex with me every time I ask. I want, you know, uh, lingerie on Thursday nights and Friday nights. Like just, just all of this stuff. I don't think they also see that there's the potential that the way you imagine sex in marriage is also a function of trauma. Mm, because, break it down. <laughs> because what if these men have dealt with all kinds of rejection from their mother? And so you really want a woman that will never reject you. Mm. That's trauma. That's not Bible. That's why, that's why a lot of men watch porn. But that's my thing. It's like you, 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 not rejected. you think you think that your ideals about sexuality are actually right and biblical when they're actually not. Yeah. So not only is she dealing with her own trauma, now she got to deal with yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I agree. And I think I think for, for me um, entering into marriage, I just thought, man, like not only was I entering into marriage with my own set of traumas, I had this idea in my head that, man, God is going to honor me. Because I honored him with my body. And so he's going to let me, you know, just, you know, have this wild and crazy sex life (laughs) off off jump. You know what I'm saying? Uh And it was like, no, like what God showed me uh, eventually is that, no, like I've called you to enter into a marriage with a a person um, for you to to grow and learn um, how to satisfy this person. And it's not just about what you want you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying uh and, and 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 what you need and what you desire uh, yeah it's a it's about it's about growing and um uh learning um this person and and i think that's i think that's one of the things that i feel like uh, the church can do a better job at it's, it, teaching us no this is a a, a union a, a marriage where you have your whole life to become comfortable with somebody and that's another thing it's like when we marry someone, we don't even know them like that for real, for real. No. Right? We don't. You know I, definitely, what I'm I definitely didn't know you. Yeah. You I know what I'm saying? And so for somebody to like You ain't even know you. Hello? I didn't yeah, I didn't even know me. And so like you you, you have to Yeah, I, I I just feel like sometimes people just just forget that it's a it's a process of learning and growing with one another. Yeah. And I get it. I, I think it's taken time for me and it's going to continue to take time for me to understand uh, the purpose, purpose of sex as it exists in a marriage, you know, because I think especially when uh, growing up in this like culture where pornography and pornographic images are so easily accessible, it makes sex and sexu- sexuality a matter of comfort and convenience mm-hmm. rather than um, a thing that exists between two people in a covenant relationship so as to bring them closer together and intimate. Right. And right. so it's not this convenient uh, medicine, if you will, like this is to to mimic the beauty and the intimacy and the long suffering and patience and eternality of the gospel and God's love for us. And so, like, I think when you have that perspective, then you see nah, like in the same way that I'm giving getting to know your mind, getting to know your quirks, your personality, the same way I need to get to know your body mm-hmm. and how your body functions and what it likes and what it doesn't like. And yeah. that, that takes time. And I even said on Instagram the other day. On Twitter, I was like, even the fact that, like, if we're together 40, 50, 60 years, you will always be changing Absolutely. and maturing. You will become a different Preston. Yeah. Not different in the sense of another Preston, but 50-year-old Preston is not going to be 36-year-old Preston, right? Yeah. And so I'm actually going to have to change 
in a way like I'm going to have to like know what you need and what you expect and what you want as a 50 year old. I can't keep giving you the same thing that you expect as a 36 year old. I don't think that made any sense. Yeah. But no, no it, it did make sense because because we always are growing. Because if I can if I can think about myself and just be honest, the way I thought about sex was such a narrow minded, empty view of it mm-hmm. entering into marriage because um, I didn't think about how no logic will tell you that the sex life that you want in year one you're probably going to have in year eight Mm -hmm. or year nine Mm. right because Mm -hmm. i've had the opportunity to to learn what this person wants to to learn what this person you know um desires to learn how to woo this person to learn what triggers this person to learn that this person needs to feel like they have the autonomy to choose at times so what you're saying is is that Sex and marriage takes work. It does, and, and we don't, we want don't it to like take that work because <laughs> our culture, when our culture does not teach us that work and sex should go hand in hand. So let me ask it, you this: It teaches us that we should get it at the drop of a dime or whatever we feel the urge. So I know you talk to because you'll come home and, and talk to me about it. There's a lot of men that you talk to who are married now, and one of their primary frustrations in their marriage is that they have to work. Yeah, right. Like, what is when you counsel them? What it, What do you say? I, I tell them so and one thing I think we should talk about in this podcast is women who have been traumatized mm-hmm. and men who um, because that's you know I think you kind of gave some some statistics uh, about women you know being traumatized I think it's one in four women I have to confirm that one in four have been sexually abused yeah and so just a lot um, I you know after I, you know we got married I started to meet other men who had uh, been with women who had been sexually abused. And it's kind of like this, oh, I get it, but, you know, I love her. Give up the draws. Trust God. Yeah. <laughs> Obey. Yes, you Submit. know what I'm saying? And, um, and, and so I, I had to, by the grace of God, and I think God in his sovereignty sent me in my way for me to, to, to help them and to, and to, and to like, share my experience with him you know what i'm saying because uh I, what was your question again i completely <laughs> forgot so when it comes to the dynamic of having a work for your intimacy that's frustrating for a gotcha. lot of men yeah gotcha. yeah yeah I, I i do think it's frustrating yeah. because because let's just be honest arousal is a, is a thing and so i think when someone is uh aroused they want it right then and there you know, a man, when he comes home and he sees his, his beautiful wife, it's like, man, like, I think a lot of times the urge is I want to I want to engage her physically. Right. But I think one thing that God has taught me is that I have to really search for a lot of humility. Mm. I have to really search for a lot of um, patience mm-hmm. and I have to look to him to say, man. Like, it's not always about what I want when I want it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why is because uh, you are a complex, uh, nuanced individual. And so for, 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 for me to have this expectation that you're going to want to have sex exactly when I want it, mm-hmm. when you have your own set of trauma that you dealt with before you even met me, mm-hmm. it's just not a realistic ex- expectation. Mm-hmm. And so what I had to do is I had to... Um, f- people know that you have experienced, you know, trauma and you've been abused, you know, sexually through your testimony, whatever. And so one of the things that I had to do as a man is say, man, how can I 
uh, humble myself, right? And and not always think about my needs when I want them, but to make my wife feel like she has an autonomy to choose when we come together. Which is major. It's huge because um, when when someone is sexually abused, the fundamental thing that was taken from them is their rights. Absolutely. You, you know, like you, someone took my body and did with it whatever they please. Right. And so when you get into a marriage where a man feels like he has dominion over your body and you don't have any autonomy or freedom to say yes or no, if it, it, it I think it makes whatever trauma you have worse. Mm-hmm. And God forbid you start to see your spouse through the lens of your abuser. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I think it's huge for a man to be humble enough and for there to be conversations around the fact that like, I need to have the freedom to say no without consequence. Yeah. Right. Because there's some women who will say no, not right now. And the man, you know, you had seasons of this where he'll say, okay, but his whole body is dejected and he got attitude. You talking he about not, me? Because that was me. He's not one, talking no more. And it's just like, <laughs> like to know that my no has a consequence doesn't feel like I actually have freedom in saying no. You but know, from the like, man, I want to say no and still be loved. But from the man's perspective, and I, I think for the men who are listening to this, I want to encourage them because I think what it can feel like, and this is just from my own experience and talking to other men, mm-hmm. right? It can feel like that no is going to be for the remainder of your marriage. <laughs> But it's like, no, like I think it feels what, like an eternal. No, I think what I think what giving someone who has experienced trauma, the autonomy to say no or to say, well, maybe Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Right. Give makes makes I, in, in, the, in the past. Even now, mm-hmm. I, I realize that it made you feel more comfortable. Yeah. Uh, felt safe. It felt safer where. It didn't have to be like that all the time. Yeah. Like we as we grew together and you and your trust grew for me and your and your love grew for me. And and the more you was able to disassociate me with the the people who did traumatize you in mm-hmm. the past, it gets better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that, yeah, our society, it doesn't paint this picture that work and sex should go hand in hand. Like mm-hmm. we we have sex at the tip of our fingertips. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Porn is instant. You know yep. what I'm saying? Even when we was in the world, sometimes being around promiscuous people, mm. sex was instant. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like God's probably calling you uh, to somebody who is going to sanctify you in a way that you never thought. Got a question. I can hear somebody listening to this podcast like, okay, that's doing too much. Like if, if I got to do all that, then I'm actually, I need to be more picky about the kind of people I'm a date and I'm a marry. You know, because I can see how that doesn't sound fun or beautiful or good. And so why is working for intimacy even a good thing? Because I, I don't think it's our job to pick and choose how God chooses to sanctify us. Okay. And what I mean is, I think we, we as Christians, we say we want to be sanctified. We, we say we want to, you know, we want to grow and we want to we want to grow as men of God. And, we you know. But but a lot of times God uses the things that we want the most to be hard to help sanctify us mm-hmm. and to grow us. Like as a man and as a husband, I have so much more patience dealing with the things that we've dealt with in our marriage. Mm-hmm. I have so much more uh, uh, knowledge and I have so much more wisdom to give to other men, you know what I'm saying, who experience the same type of thing. Mm-hmm. For, for some, like 
the thing the thing that I, I realize now is that most of the beautiful things that we experience in this world comes with work. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if it's hard, if God is bringing you through something that's hard, we have to believe that on the other side, it's beauty. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I, I love my marriage now. Mm-hmm. In year three. Do you? I do. Wow. In year three, it was tough. That's a good thing. In year eight, it's, it's, it's way it's better. It's better. Uh, and so, um, yeah, like, you have a lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, to 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 learn and to grow with somebody, and so to 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 experience to want to experience. Now, I'm saying I'm not saying that you know in year one um, your sex life ain't gonna be bombed from from jump because pe- people have their testimony. Yeah, but I just don't want people to have an expectation that it that it's going to be that way. Yeah, I mean, I um, think there are some couples I know who, you know, starting off they did not have a problem with their sex life and then they, they had they had problems with their you know uh, money or communication but i always knew it was coming it, mm-hmm. it's gonna come one because we got a real devil two because everything else that happens in the marriage affects the bedroom and so if there's problem with pro- problems with communication it's gonna affect the bedroom yep. if there's problems with trust it's gonna affect the bedroom. problems with money. so w- when them butterflies go away <laughs> at the end of the day some gonna happen where now we have to work and pray and fight to get to know one another in a way that's uh trying so one of the things that we talked about is men how the, the unhealthy expectations that men have what are some un- unhealthy expectations women have you feel like in this in this area or y'all just don't have them I'm sure we do. I just don't know what they are. <laughs> it might be the same, you know. With purity culture? No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I think it's the same in a unique way. I don't think the woman has this dominion ethic where, you know, I'll I'll be able to have sex whenever I want. Whenever I pursue my wife, she's going to respond. If anything, it may be I will want to have sex all the time and that I will enjoy it. When statistically only 65, I think, percent of women climax, right? And so there's a lot of men who, yeah, when the woman says yes, they get their rocks off while the woman is sitting there with her legs still. So I think if anything, yeah, there there are a lot of women who had the expectation that they would have consistency in being pleased and they're not. And they're fearful of sharing it with their spouse because they don't want him to feel, you know, rejected and all of that type of stuff. So it's like, man, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is a part of the work. Like to have a better sex life, you have to actually text. you, You have to have a conversation about what's bad so it could be better. Yeah. You know, and so stop faking all that noise and just tell this man, hey, bro. It ain't working for us. So, so let me. It's not working out. So, have you ever talked to women? I'd rather watch TV. Who said they fake? Yeah. Like really? Yeah. Well, yeah. And some of it is I have to fake it so you can stop. Wow. So let me just like make this noise so you think you're doing something, which makes you excited, so you can get up off me. Wow. And the sad, that's how you know it's bad because he doesn't even, he's not even able to read your body language to know the difference between when it's real and when it's fake. And, and that's, that's a problem. And that's another thing. I think, I think 
we need you might the, as well do it to a man i think we need to start having real conversations in churches yeah you know and saying man you probably think bro you <laughs> you better than what you you think you are yeah and and god forbid like your wife don't want to have sex just because it's it's you're whack. Ba- you're bad. You're, you're bad at it. And yeah. so, like, man, like, I, I don't, I don't think, I think that we need to start teaching men to learn how to pay attention to a woman's body. Yeah. Like, if you're doing something, uh huh. Don't try to get creative. Uh- <laughs> keep doing that. Why did you shimmy? I'm just saying, keep <laughs> doing that same thing you was doing because she seemed like she was liking it. You know what I'm saying? I've had to have conversations with dudes. You, we know people that you know. Was like, yo, can Preston, can you help? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, if she learn how to pay attention, it's so to what hilarious how we're trying to keep this PG. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, you like, it's a lot of read between the lines <laughs> happening. Go ahead. I'm saying if 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 you know, what I'm saying like, so I, I I think a lot of men pride and our ego don't want to admit that like no like we have to we have to grow like you can become good if Mm -hmm. you humble yourself and say you know what i'm not right now yeah and and that's that's the i think the beauty of marriage because in the tweet that i made i said that i really dislike the idea of people trying it before they buy it you know feeling like you have to have sex before marriage so that you know what you're getting yourself into when that's literally the antithesis of what marriage is for marriage again is for us to learn one another. And so, like, even if you have experience with sex and sexuality outside of your spouse, that doesn't mean that that will actually please your spouse. Like, your spouse is their own person. So you have to learn this individual, and that takes humility, and it takes courage. Uh, but it actually ends up working out in the long run. But also, babe, I, like, so I'll say this. In our marriage... Like I, I I didn't have a lot of room to to be bad at things because you are an extremely honest person. Yeah. And so when you don't like something, you're gonna know. You, I'm gonna know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, which I kind of feel like you know. Yeah. Whatever. But thank you <laughs> for tempering your your tongue. Yeah. I, I see. You saw that? I did. Um. But can you speak to the women who are afraid to communicate to their husband? I don't like this. I mean, I did. Just sit them down and share it respectfully and make it a we conversation. Because I always think it's, 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 that kind of truth is harder to receive when all of the blame is placed on the individual. Instead of, instead of it being, you are bad, do this, do that, say, how can we work together to make sure that we are both pleased, right? So it becomes a team conversation, yeah, you gotta not r- just like a blame conversation. You got to rub his ego. You can't just slap his ego. No, nah, you can't because that's, that's just, you know, men are very fragile. We're all fragile. We are, but y'all are particularly fragile because you refuse to identify and own that you're fragile. So it makes your fragility that much worse, actually. Whatever. Y'all don't even want to cry in front of people. That that tells you how fragile you must be. But that's another conversation for another day. Oh, whatever. So You can't be attacking the dudes like this, you know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> this this sex conversation has to be more common because it's a part of humanity. And I hate that the world is always the one leading the way yeah. in this conversation when they should not be. It yeah. really should be the church 
because we serve the God that created sex. Yeah, and sex is great. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, Sex is something that God has given us to enjoy, you know, and I think um, I hear Christians all the time saying um, the world shouldn't enjoy sex, um, you know, as much as Christians or that world shouldn't be the only ones enjoying sex and not Christians. And I think it's some truth to that. But I think the problem comes in when we uh, when we don't teach um, Christians that it has some level of work into it. Like mm-hmm. you have to put some work into it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's not going to be this instant gratification all of all of all mm-hmm. of the time because that is straight up pornography culture yeah that is. logic is pornographic absolutely yeah. you know what i'm saying and uh pornography it's 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 fake you know what i'm saying here we go uh it's not it's not real mm-hmm. you know what i mean and even when you out in the world and you're being promiscuous you you, you really you're just having sex with a whole bunch of broken people mm-hmm. who don't even mm-hmm. know themselves you know Come what i'm on. saying and they ever became whole they mm-hmm. probably have issues with sex too um, and so, yeah, like when when two whole people come together and they're and they're aware of their emotional trauma and they're aware of their 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 spiritual sinfulness, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, some issues are, are, are going to come up. But as time goes on, it gets better. I promise. Yeah, we're gonna be uh, seventy two, barely making it, getting it in, but doing it anyway. <laughs> right, knocking each other hips out of place. Ow! Hey. All right, y'all. Bye. <laughs> 30 Minutes with the Perrys is a production of Ivy Media Podcast. Edited by Angie Elkins. Video recording and audio production by Kim Powell. Artwork by Hop and music by Swoop. Join us on Patreon for early access to With the Perrys episodes and other exclusives. You got two options. You can go to www.patreon.com forward slash with the Perrys or just go ahead and scroll. You'll find the link in our show notes. We are the Perrys. Thank y'all for listening. Now go with God.